Welcome to Get the Right Job. I'm Jeff Magnuson. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the resume, which is arguably the most important professional document in your arsenal. On my website at jeffmagnusonconsulting.com, there is a heading for sample resumes where you can download a couple of PDFs that will help illustrate everything we're going to talk about here today. In this episode, we'll talk about structure, length, what to include, what to omit, some examples, and we'll talk about multiple versions. The thing I want to mention right off the bat is that your resume serves one primary function to get you an interview, not the job. This is really important because many people think it's for the job and wind up overloading their resumes with way too much information. Your resume needs to be a highlight reel of only the relevant details that will help you most to get the interview for your next job. Your resume is your marketing document. It is not a legal document. You get to choose what to highlight and what to leave off. It is also a working document. So what does that mean? It means it's never really finished. How your resume looks right now is how it looks right now. And the best practice is to update your resume every six months. It only takes a few minutes, but this allows you to stay on top of your career to make sure that you document with accuracy what you've achieved and accomplished at your current role. And when you're ready to move on, you will have an updated document ready to go. A lot of people wait until the last minute, and I understand, but consider pulling it out every six months, even if you're happy in your current role, and just update it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but at least get the information on there. For those of you who know you need an updated resume because you'll be looking to make a move pretty soon, the very first step before you do anything with your resume is to get clarity on what you would like to do next in your career, even if it's completely different or similar to what you're doing right now. Or if you're a recent grad, if it's the same or different from what you studied, you want to have a handle on the direction you want to go because that's how your resume is going to be written. Everyone has skills beyond their current role or what their job description states. Additionally, as I mentioned, you want to focus on achievements and accomplishments, not tasks. Many, many other job seekers make this mistake. And while that isn't wrong information, if you take the time to think about who your audience is, the hiring manager, if he or she is getting inundated with resumes that all say the same tasks, it makes their job impossible. But when you help to make your resume unique, by focusing on what you achieved or accomplished, that will help you stand out. Keys to a good resume. Number one, there are no rules when it comes to a resume, despite whatever you might hear from other people. There are only opinions and preferences, and these are mine. What I'm going to take you through have helped hundreds of job seekers get the attention of hiring managers for roles in various industries. Number two, as I just mentioned, but it's worth repeating, this document needs to be written with the hiring manager in mind. He or she is your audience. 
So in other words, it doesn't necessarily matter what you think about your resume. What's more important is what they will think. Is there relevant information for them to make an informed decision or to want to pick up the phone to schedule an interview to learn more about you and your work history? Number three, oftentimes hiring managers, HR, recruiters will only spend seconds looking at your resume. So it needs to be clear for people when they either skim it quickly as well as when they read it more carefully. And we'll get into the details in just a moment. Number four, you want to make it interesting to read. You can use pronouns like I and we. You can write in full sentences. You can write in expanded sentence fragments. A lot of people write in these short sentence fragments that just begin with a verb because that's how a lot of us were taught to write them years ago. The problem is nowhere else in the English language do we speak, read, or write that way. So in the resume, which is, as I mentioned, such an important document, we should be writing it so it's easy for our audience member to read it. And you make it interesting so they want to read more of yours over someone else's. So now we're going to go through the sections of the resume, and I will illustrate it as best I can over this podcast. And as I mentioned earlier, and I'll mention it again at the end, there are sample resumes on my website that will help illustrate this even further for you. So number one, the heading. Your name in the top center, it's the biggest font on the page, and it's in bold. Underneath that, you want to put your city or town and the state where you live, your phone number, your email, and your LinkedIn URL. Do not put your full home address on your resume. It's not necessary. You will give that information to HR when the time is right. Your city, town, and state is fair enough just so people know where you would be commuting from or generally where you live. Number two is the summary. And this is not an objective statement. We already know what the objective of the resume is. It's to get the interview for a new position. Your summary is very similar to an executive summary before a long presentation. It's four or five sentences that says who you are, what you do, possibly a recent accomplishment, and what you're looking to do next. And the idea here is if someone, someone were to read nothing else, they would still know something about you from this summary. And here are a couple of examples. I am an organized and flexible operations and administrative professional with 13 plus years of diverse experience, including six plus years at two tech startups. I have helped expand company headcounts and open new offices around the world while driving internal efficiencies, anticipating and resolving issues along the way. I consistently work with all levels of management as well as external partners and vendors, utilizing my effective communication abilities to achieve results, hit deadlines, and keep projects on time and on budget. I am currently seeking a new executive assistant role where I can leverage my skills and experience to oversee vital responsibilities while being a reliable right hand to maintain smooth day-to-day -day operations and steer initiatives forward. That is a summary. Without knowing this person, you know a heck of a lot just from a few sentences. In terms of keywords, 
Use the job descriptions and read them carefully and notice what words or phrases are coming up quite often. And then you can take those and finesse them into your resume accordingly. So now we'll move on to experience. And this will go in reverse chronological order, which is nothing new, but people are used to seeing it this way. And it makes sense, as usually your more recent experience is the most relevant. So you put the company in bold, put the location, and put the dates you were there. Under there, put your job title in bold and italics. If you have multiple job titles for one company, just list the company once, and then underneath that, have your job titles in bold and italics. If you've worked at companies that are on the smaller side or they're not really known, feel free to put a blurb into your resume just so people understand. Give them some context to understand what type of a company it is because the chances of them stopping to then go online to look up the company are pretty small. You just want to make it really easy for them. So for example, a Toronto-based startup fashion e-commerce company, I was hired to help set up its operations in Los Angeles, including partnering with shipping vendors to build critical business development. Or, the second example, brought into this frozen food manufacturer to manage all of the distribution, including the third-party brokers in a six-state southeast region. Company names are not always clear or well-known, so by putting in a sentence for context and clarity, it will help the hiring manager or whomever is reading your resume to understand more about you very, very quickly. Also keep in mind, a lot of times people are with companies for several years and they have new roles. If you were promoted or asked to move into these roles, definitely state it on your resume. Don't assume that people are going to think that you were promoted. That's a great accomplishment. It shows progression. You're not bragging. You're simply telling them, this is what happened. So put it on your resume. Promote it into this role to help with X, Y, and Z. I mentioned it before, but achievements and accomplishments. These don't have to be monumental achievements. If you helped make your group your company, your department, better in some way, talk about it. That's what helps make you unique as a candidate and helps you stand out. Also, if you can quantify your achievements with numbers, if you drove sales by a certain percentage or saved a certain amount of money, then state it. And if not, that's okay. Not every role lends itself to specific metrics, but if you can, put them in. And use numbers. Don't spell out the numbers. It's not an English paper. Use numbers wherever possible because people's eyes are drawn to numbers. Within your experience now, you have your companies, you have your titles, and now we're going to put the bullet points with the achievements and the accomplishments. And I'm going to read you three before and after examples to illustrate what I mean, what I mentioned earlier which is to avoid the short sentence fragments and really blow these out so, they, so you provide context and make it interesting. So number one, here's a before. Hired and secured a new third-party vendor. Here's the after. Led the effort to transition to a new fulfillment vendor, significantly improving our operational efficiencies and the customer experience while reducing our costs by 25%. You can see the difference or hear the difference in this case. These are real examples. 
The people who I worked with came in with those before examples, and I have two more to read. And then simply by me talking to them and asking questions, was able to extract what the real story was behind that. And yes, the after is longer. I agree, but that's okay because it's also interesting and says so much more than simply securing and hiring a new third-party vendor. That's not helpful to a hiring manager. Saying how the new third-party vendor helped, that's helpful. Because then during an interview, the interviewer can say, hey, tell me more about that. How did that all come about? And that's where you go into the details during an interview. Here's a second example. Here's the before. Crafted and designed strategic fundraising emails and campaigns. Here's the after. Crafted and designed strategic fundraising emails and campaigns, including our end-of-the-year giving, reaching over 40,000 constituents and increasing our total fundraising by 45% over the previous year. Essentially, we took the before sentence, crafted and designed strategic fundraising emails and campaigns, and blew it out. So what? What was the result of that? And then you state that on your resume. And then finally, here's the third example. Here's a before. Negotiated union contracts for several properties. And here's the after. Save the company over $2 million in 2018 by negotiating cost reductions with the local union in several service areas of our hotel properties. This person left off the fact that they saved $2 million. That is gold. That is absolutely something that needs to go on the resume. It's just going to make you look great, and it's going to want the interviewer to it's, it's going to make the interviewer want to understand more about this specifically and more about you. You're increasing your chances of getting an interview. In terms of length, if you've been working 10 years or less, try to keep the resume to one page. Otherwise, really keep it to two pages max. You don't have to put every job you've ever had on there. I've worked with some people who've been working for 30 years. Really, you only have to go back roughly 15 years. Everybody's different, but you don't have to include everything. Like I said, it's a marketing document. So just put what's relevant on there. And for those of you older listeners who are maybe afraid of ageism and discrimination, which sadly does go on at a lot of companies, there are two things you can do. Number one, what I just said, don't put all of those positions on there so they can't figure out how long you've been working. And if you have a college degree, leave the date off. Essentially, after five or 10 years, you can, everybody can take the date off when they graduated college. It doesn't matter. A degree is a degree. So this leads me to the last part, which is at the bottom, education, skills, and interests. The one caveat here is for you recent grads, your education you'll want to put at the top above your most recent experience, simply because the education has been a much more recent and relevant part of your life. Once your first job and second jobs come into focus, then it can go to the bottom of your resume because your experience will outweigh your education. Skills, you can put any software skills that you have, whether you have proficiency with them or just familiarity. And again, it's a working document, so add or remove as needed. And the other piece I, I, I recommend people to put are interests. This is obviously optional. Not everybody's comfortable doing it. But by including a few personal interests on the bottom of your resume, 
things that you're only comfortable sharing, it opens the door during an interview to get off script and talk about something that is not work related. So if you like to hike with your dog, if you like to read mystery novels, if you like to bake different recipes, put it on there. You never know if it could lead to a new conversation. Not everybody's going to care, but it's not going to hurt you. Just be aware, though, if you like to hunt or if you like to gamble, consider not sharing those things or anything else that is polarizing and might make people feel uncomfortable. Just harmless activities, playing softball, serving on your child's uh, PTA board, things like that. During interviews, you only have a short period of time to connect with your future manager or colleagues. Good colleagues, good managers want people who they enjoy working with. If you can get off script and talk about hiking or start talking about dogs for five minutes, you're actually forming the beginning of a bond with that person. And it's not, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get the job because of it. But again, it's not going to hurt you because they'll be able to see more of your personality. And just as importantly, you will get to see more of theirs to see if the interview or this role is a fit for your needs as well. To wrap up this episode, I talked about the length. So let's talk about the look really quickly. Everybody makes a judgment whenever they open a book or a magazine or even a restaurant menu. A snap judgment about how something looks. Either it looks, there's a lot of text and they don't want to read it, or there's not a lot of text and it looks pretty weak. The same thing with your resume. You want to make sure that you have white space, but not too much. You want to make sure that things are spaced out and the font is a readable size for somebody. Don't get hung up on the length as far as one pages or two pages. If you've been working for eight years and you can't get it all on one page, that's fine. Let it spill over to a second page. Again, there's no rules here. Just make sure that it's readable and it's clear whether somebody is skimming it quickly or reading it more carefully. Proofread. Proofread your document. There's really no excuse to have a typo or a missed punctuation or multiple fonts on your resume. So just read it over carefully, print it out, read it over, give it to somebody to proofread. Just make sure it's good to go. You have the time, make it error free. And finally, with multiple versions, a lot of people have interests beyond just one specific area. And that's great, but you want to make sure that you have a specific resume per area, not a one size fits all resume. So if you're interested in sales, you want to have a sales resume. If you're interested in just customer service or operations, you need to rework your resume so it's more customer service or operations focused. Nobody will know that you have multiple multiple versions, only you. You may have to add or subtract some bullet points. You may need to, or you will likely need to, update your summary as well to state what you're looking to do or change whatever you highlighted in the summary. So don't be afraid to have multiple versions. Yes, it's a little bit of extra work, but it's really important to make the hiring manager and your audience member, whomever is reading your resume, make it crystal clear, painfully obvious about who you are and why they need to pick up the phone to speak with you. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Again, the sample resumes, and if you have any questions or comments, please visit jeffmagnusonconsulting.com and you can find all of that information there. 
I'll see you at the next episode.